friends, this week we are starting a really quick two-week series called Alpha and Omega. It is the beginning and the end. And normally we would have somebody come up and read the scripture to you. And about Thursday, I was looking at the scripture again, and I said to read, there is no way that I'm going to ask a member of the church to stand up and read an entire chapter of Genesis. So because of that, we've just put it right into the sermon. Pastor Song will project it up on the screen, and if you have a Bible, you can follow along. Um, Genesis is the first book of the Bible, so all you have to do is open up the front cover and go right past the table of contents. You'll be right there. Let me pray for us, and we'll study the Word together. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. As always, help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. So sometimes we pastors, we kind of get into a rhythm of something. We start using a lot of church speak, and it gets to a point where we're speaking to ourselves because nobody else in the room has any idea what we're talking about. And that's happened to me uh, in church circles. It's happened to me here when I have talked about something in worship, and I've prayed about it in prayer time, and I've talked about it in Bible studies, and it sounds something like this. It'll be me saying, we need to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Which sounds great, because all of us can say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. I love God. I want to know what God's doing in the world. But we never follow through with that and ask the next question, so what is God doing? If we're going to be a part of it, we should probably know what God is doing. And in order for us to figure that out, we have to take a look at what Scripture has to say about what God has done and what God will do. So I thought this week we'd start with what God has done by looking at the first chapter of Genesis. And next week, we're going to take a look at what God is going to do by looking at the last chapter of the book of Revelation. So that's why it's called Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. When we look at what God has done, we can learn about a lot about God's character and God's love for us. So verse 1 says, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. So in the beginning, there was nothing. You have this completely blank slate. And so many times when we see a blank slate, whether that's a, a place or a person, our kind of gut reaction is to just walk away, leave it, let it be somebody else's problem. We figure that it's a lost cause. That is not what God saw. God entered into the darkness, that emptiness, that nothingness, and he brought about amazing and spectacular and breathtaking change. God, from the very first line of the Bible, wanted beautiful things for us. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now, trying to describe light is a hard thing to do for people who have experienced it. It is kind of like trying to unsee a car wreck. Most of us have only ever known light and dark. Have you ever thought about how you might explain light to a blind person? See, we know that light illuminates much of the world that we want to experience and that we want to be a part of. We also know that darkness provides space for evil to cultivate itself without attracting too much attention. Notice that a lot of times 
when people are doing something that they shouldn't be doing, they tend to do it in dark places. They tend to do it where there's not a lot of light so that they can't be exposed. But also in darkness, it's very hard to find hope. By creating a darkness and a light, God's first creation reflects a choice. It reflects freedom. And when we think about our relationship with God, we have to remember that God does not force us into a relationship. None of you are compelled to be here other than by your own choice and your love for the Lord. So when God gave us light and darkness, the choice that we have is a life of productivity and joy and life. And the other part of that, while offering us perhaps a little bit of rest, also gives way for potential for evil. The first opposites were the very beginning of God bringing an order to the chaos, to that nothingness. To continue to bring form to the formless, God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and he separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. And God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place, and then let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters were gathered together. He called them the seas, and God saw that it was good. Now, on one hand, you hear the scripture, and you're like, that is, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's a very cool thing. On the other hand, in the overall piece of the passage, this is kind of boring stuff. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of boring. How many times do we, now think about this, think about this and be honest, how many times do we drive past the beach, don't even look at the water, don't even make it out to the island in the first place? How many sunsets and sunrises do we just take for granted? Because it becomes boring stuff to us. How many times as a population have we sat down and really thought about what water means to us? It's only been in the last 10 years or so that that's become a really huge issue. And the reason it's a huge issue, especially among the scientific community, is because they know that water is life-giving. So the fact that God did all the the not-so-pretty stuff first, that he didn't do all the accents and the fun stuff, doesn't mean that God didn't have a plan. He set about, in this particular day, of creating a sustainable foundation. So when I think about this day, I think about it in terms of painting a room. I don't know how many of you have experienced painting a room. Today was not the day that God put up the vibrant blue or the beautiful red on the wall. Today was the day that he spent priming the wall and putting up the can of kills and sitting there watching it dry. It wasn't the most exciting day, but it had to happen to prepare us for what was to come. God is thoughtful. He takes his time. Often when we tell the creation story, everybody gets all wrapped up in the time part of it. Did God really do that in seven days? What does seven days to God look like? What's the time frame on this? We can't even build a house in seven days. How could God possibly build the world in seven days? There's so much more to this story than a discussion and an obsession about time. The point is that we are not just a product of God slapping some paint up on a wall. We are not abstract art. Every person in this room is a carefully choreographed 
masterpiece. Now, I've, I've showed you this before, but it's a really good thing to remember. When you look at your hand, just, just look at your hand for a second and realize that never in the whole history of the world has there ever been a hand <coughs> that looks, exi- looks exactly like yours. And there will never be another hand in the whole future of the world that's going to look exactly like yours. So we have a creator that carefully, carefully, in all of the artistic details, created each one of us to be a unique, one-of-a-kind, priceless masterpiece. And it may not seem like so much to us all the time. It may not seem like that. But we were built on a fabulous foundation. We were built on this great foundation that God turned in to the most beautiful pieces of art imaginable. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with seed in it, and it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Friends, we have a creative God. We have a God who loves variety and color and taste. Can you imagine if we had gotten to day three, God wakes up, makes a potato, and says, well, that's, that's good enough. Do you know what that would mean for the rest of creation? If, if all the vegetation was a potato, right? The, by the time that God got to us, every one of us would look exactly like Adam and Eve would not have been created. Our God is not a God who settles. He is not a God that settles. He does not substitute. He does original master works, and he doesn't give up. He doesn't stop with his creativity and with his passion. He doesn't have a limit. He doesn't say, oh, you are person 4 billion 6,702,001, and I am done. No. He put just as much creativity and effort and joy into you as he did into Adam. God doesn't get bored. He doesn't give up and go try something else. He keeps working with us, perfecting us, refining us, molding us into new creations. See how God has... uh, See how God takes what's already there and creatively enhances it and improves it. This is verse 14. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made then two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. So God creates seasons. And here in Florida, we have seasons, right? We have summer and late summer and February 5th, which is known as almost summer, and pre-summer here. But you know... In God's creation, he created so much more than just weather seasons. He created a rhythm and a flow to life. And if we're honest about that, we don't always embrace all of those seasons. 
Because there's times, like when our children are little and they're screaming and they're running around and they want this and that and they're going here and there, and we're getting ready to pull out our hair because we just want the crazy ride to stop. And then one day, it does. And you look back and you realize that was actually a really good season. And we don't realize how great that ride really was. And then there are seasons, there are seasons that are in the dark zone, like the deep end of the ocean, where it is so dark, where life just does not seem like it is worth living, that we don't think that we're worth much more than the dollar bill that we have in our pocket. You know what that season is good for? There is good news in that season. In that season, we are being prepared for redemption of epic proportions. God doesn't leave us in that season. And then there's going to be seasons of rest and seasons of immense joy. And in each one, in each one of those seasons, we have this chance to experience the love and the grace of God. We just don't realize that we've got a chance. And then beyond that, not only do we have a chance, we have a purpose. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of of every kind. And God saw that it was good and and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all of the wild animals of the earth and over all the creepy stuff that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. And in his image, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made. And indeed, it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. So you know what that tells us? That tells us that God put us here to grow. We are here to grow in strength, in stature, in love, in relationship, in community, in so many wonderful and healthy ways. But this passage also tells us that God provided for us. You know, there's some of us that that come into church every Sunday And we feel sorry for ourselves because we think we just don't have enough. We don't have enough in our lives. But when we feel that we don't have enough, we have to go back to the very, very beginning to see how in creation God already thought of all of the details. Because God knew what was enough for us, and so he provided it for us to live and to live well. Now, 
That's not to say that we have always received God's gift with grace and gratitude. There is a whole Bible between this week's passage and next week's passage. And we need to remember always that from the very, very beginning, God had our best interests at heart. We came out of nothing. He gave us everything. He set us up to succeed in his kingdom, deeply rooted in a place of love and God's, God's desire to be in relationship with us. From the creation story, what we learn is that we have a personal God, a God that is known, that wants to be known, and wants to know us. He did not just make us and then walk away. He is very involved in what we're doing. The story of creation sets up our story as a people who, from the very beginning of the world, have a God who wants to be in a personal relationship with his people. And next week, what we're going to discover, despite the whole mess that we have made in the middle, in those final days, when, when he comes back in glory, what we're going to discover is to the very end of time, his vision is the same. That we were created for love and that we were created for the joy of God the Father, and he wants that relationship with us. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, we tend to look at the creation story as something that many of us have known from the very beginning of our beginning. It's one of the first stories that we tell in Sunday school. And we don't always look at it with eyes to see what it tells us about your character and your love and your passion for us. So remind us this day that each one of us is a significant, worthy, wonderful piece of art created by the master painter. And we ask, Lord, that for those of us that are in that season, that we don't know what's going on, that we're in hurt and that we're in pain, that you would be with us that you would lead us into more joyful seasons where we can preach your word, where we can share the glory of your love, and where we can provide hope to those who are hurting most. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Friends are...